0: Effective living, with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. I started teaching on a subject I titled "The Blessing of the Lord." Everybody say the blessing of the Lord. We define blessing as the empowerment to prosper or to succeed. When somebody is blessed, it means he is empowered by God. So, blessing is a spiritual force that comes upon a person that gives the person a license, as it were. The right to prosper and succeed. No matter what you do to that person, no matter where you put him, no matter what he's doing, some way, somehow, it will turn out to prosperity and to success. To be cursed means there is a force working against you to fail. And so when somebody is cursed, no matter what he does, the end result will be failure. And things will never work well. It may work well for a while and then... Uh, It messes up. That is why God wants us to walk in the blessing of God. Amen. But the Bible also makes us understand that all through scripture, you will see that any time God spoke a blessing on people, the next thing he tells them is that they should be fruitful. So there's a connection between blessing and fruitfulness. I feel led to teach on this important subject because it is as if it is not possible to be fruitful without The blessing of God working in your life. But I explained last Sunday that if you are in Christ, the Bible says that you are blessed. The day you give your life to Jesus, the day Jesus came into your life, the blessing of God also came upon you the same day. So every believer is blessed. But it is important for every believer to know how to ensure that the blessing of God keeps flowing. It is not... Biblical for a believer to be looking for God's blessing because the blessing is upon your life. The duty of a believer is not how to be blessed because how to be blessed is by giving your life to Jesus. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are blessed. Somebody say, I am blessed. But the duty of the believer is how to keep the blessing flowing. And in Proverbs 26, verse 1 and 2, the Bible makes us understand that the key to keeping the blessing of God flowing in your life is honor. Everybody say honor. He said, as a snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. In other words, honor is something that is so precious, you don't give it to everybody. You give it to selected people. Um, When you violate this principle, the verse 2 says that, like a fleeting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a Curse without cause shall not alight. Now, this scripture is loaded with a lot of information here. Now, it means that if a curse can never work somewhere unless there is an open door, unless there is a cause. Anywhere you see a curse operating in an individual's life, that individual opened the door for the curse to work. The opposite is also true, that a blessing also can never operate anywhere without a cause. For you to see the blessing of God flowing somewhere, there has to be a cause. And that cause is what verse one says. He says, Honor is not fitting for a fool. Honor is fitting for certain places where blessing is demanded. Let me say that again. Honor is given to places where blessing is demanded. When you want the blessing of God to keep flowing, you have to follow, practice this important principle of honor. Everybody say honor. Yeah, and there are six important people that I have seen that you need to honor according to the scriptures. The first one is God, you need to honor God. Somebody say honor God. The second one, you need to honor your parents. The third one, you honor your pastor or spiritual authority. The fourth one, you honor your spouse. The fifth one, you honor those in authority. And the last one, you honor those who honor you. I've done the first one, honor God. And how do you honor God? Last Sunday, we saw that you honor God by, in worship. The second one is praise. You honor God by reverence his word. The fourth one, you reverence his house. The fifth one, you honor God through offerings. And the last one, you honor God through tithes. I taught that last Sunday. The next person to honor after God is your parents your parents. Let's read if Deuteronomy 5.16. Deuteronomy 5.16. Deuteronomy 5.16. It says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Ephesians 6, verse 1. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Verse 3 says, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Let's read the book of Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20. Whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. You are in in the dark and you need light seriously. But your light will go off when you are in the dark because you cursed your father or your mother. And I've met Christians who have cursed their father or mother. In other words, they speak evil of their parents out of anger and sometimes because they said he didn't look after me or he didn't treat my mother well or he did this and that. Listen, you don't honor your parents because they took care of you. You honor them because they gave birth to you. If you have the privilege of being taken care of by your father, that is a plus. You honor them because they gave birth to you. If not for them, you will not be alive. They could have decided to abort you or even kill you or leave you to die. All of you here, when you were born and you started growing up, there are many things you could have done that would have killed you. You could have put your hand in the fire. You could have touched a live cable. You could have put your hand in the socket in the house. You could have walked into the road when a car is coming. If you are alive today, your parents did something good. That is why you are alive. And if your father and mother have a misunderstanding, you are not a judge. You don't qualify to interfere between any issue that happened between your mother and your father. You honor them. If you want to live long, it's not prayer. It is honor. If you want it to be well with you, he said, honor your father and mother and it shall be well with you. It means if you don't honor your father and mother, it will not be well with you no matter how long you pray, how much you pray. How spiritual you? Claim it will not be well. And and if things are not going well, it is not that God has not blessed you. God has blessed you, but you have put impediments in the blessing. How do you honor your parents? Number one, respect them. Respect your parents. Don't go respecting somebody else's parents. Respect your own. Even if they have nothing, respect them. Number two, never insult your parents. (laughs) Never insult your parents. Number three, never speak evil of your parents. Even if the evil is true, don't be the one to say it. Are you with me? Yeah. Never speak evil of your parents. If you don't have anything good to say about your parents, keep quiet. Sometimes it's unfortunate. You may not have much good things to say about your parents because of the life they chose to live. Maybe he was a drunkard. Maybe he was a criminal. Maybe he was a very bad person. Irresponsible. But you are not the one to talk about it. You keep quiet. You do what? You keep quiet. Never speak evil of your parents. Why? Because that's your, your parents. Never speak evil of your parents. Number four, number four, obey them. Obey your parents within the context of scripture. The only time you disobey your parents is when they tell you to do something contrary to scripture. Obey your parents. Because they've been here before you came. There are things they know you don't know. There are things they have seen you have not seen before. You may be more educated than your parents. You may be more intelligent and smarter, more exposed, but they were here before you came. And sometimes they can save you a lifetime of troubles and frustrations. Obey your parents. Never despise your parents. Never look down on your parents because of their condition. Never despise your parents. Never feel ashamed to introduce your parents anywhere. When I was in secondary school, I've seen it before. Students whose parents are coming to visit them. They don't want anybody to know. And if somebody knows, they say, oh, is that your father? I say, no, he's my uncle. Because other students' parents are coming with cars and things. And this is a farmer. But he's a farmer, but he farmed to send you to secondary school. It is a curse, brother. It is a curse. Your future doesn't depend on what kind of parent you have. It depends on how you honor him. Your future does not depend on whether your parents have cars. They are rich. They are prosperous. They are educated. If your father is a farmer, so be it. So be it. You make sure you don't end up a farmer. That is how you honor him. Amen. Amen. Never despise your parents. The more important one, give to them in honor. Give to your parents in honor. Give to your parents in honor. Honor is not complete without giving. Even God, Proverbs 3 verse 9, says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. That principle follows true. Your parents who gave birth to you, if they've never ate your money before, they've never received a gift from you before, huh, it's not good. Even if you are a very stingy person, at least be generous to your parents and be stingy to every other thing, and you will still prosper. Even if giving is a problem for you, at least ask for your parents, give to them. You Pastor, they don't need it. You don't give to because people need it. You give because it's an honor. You don't give to God because he needs it. God said that cattle on a thousand hills are mine. If I was hungry, I would not tell you. We give to God in church because it is an honor. Same way, you give to your parents not because they are hungry. And it becomes more serious when they are hungry and you have it. And you don't give to them. You give to your girlfriends somebody say, honor your parents. In this church, I don't believe in anybody calling the parents a witch. I don't believe in that. Your mother could be a witch, but that's to be a good witch because she gave birth to you and he didn't eat you up. Must be a good witch. And never pray. Never let any prophet tell you, your mother is a witch. Usually the mothers who suffer that a lot. I scarcely hear somebody's father being a witch, even though some men are, more highly witchcraft than women. So it's always the mother who is a witch. Don't let any prophet tell your mother is a witch. Pray that she should die. You know, that's how to die very, very early. A prophet who tells you that doesn't know the Bible, he doesn't know the Bible. Honor your parents. Even if he's a witch, you can honor him or her. And that witchcraft will not prevail against you, it will not destroy you. Play your part. God will protect you. But when you start insulting him, you start despise him, you look down on him, you don't pick his cause, you don't mind them, you don't visit them, you don't give to them, you've abandoned them. Every day he thinks about you, he gets angry. It's a curse. The third one, honor your pastor. Honor spiritual authority. Everybody says spiritual authority. Now, let's go to Hebrews 5 verse 4. Hebrews 5 verse 4. He said, and no man takes this honor to himself but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was called. Let's, give, let's read the Amplified Version. He said, besides, one does not appropriate for himself the honor of being high priests. But he is called by God and receives it of him, just as Aaron did. No one takes this honor upon himself, except those that are called by God. That is the office of the ministry. The book of Hebrews is saying that the work of the ministry is a calling and it is an honor nobody should take upon himself. Ministry is the only profession you don't get up and do it. It is the only profession you cannot decide, I'm tired, I'm leaving it. Those who did it never prospered. It is a mandatory, uninvited responsibility God puts on an individual. Hallelujah. And when you know what it means to give birth to a child, send the child to school, train the child, invest money in your child, he finish high school, finish university, maybe finish his master's degree, and comes to you one day and says, God has called me to do his work. When you wish he was an engineer, or he was a banker, or a business tycoon, or something more, in quotes, something more honorable. And he comes to you and said, God has called me to do the pastoral work. Only for you to hear one day that some members are calling him a thief. That's when you understand what it means to be rebellious against authority. When you hear that people are insulting your child, you know that this guy didn't want to be a pastor. Never wanted to. I have spoken to people in this church who don't want to. They don't want it. But I know God has called them. They don't want it. They don't want it. Nobody wants it. I never wanted to be a pastor. I'm not a pastor because I didn't have anything else to do. A lot of my classmates have been in this church. I mean, Pastor Luis was my classmate in secondary school. I was a little brilliant, at least brilliant enough to to be the best science student in my school at all level. I had the best aggregates. I had aggregate nine. My best six aggregate at all level was nine. Every other person came after me. No one takes this honor on himself. You know why? Because it's a difficult job. A dentist is specialized in only the teeth issues like we had today. A banker specializes an accountant has a special specialty. A mechanic specializes in cars, isn't it? By a pastor must specialize in life. People have spiritual problems, they come into the pastor. People have marriage issues, they come into the pastor. People's children are disturbing them at home, they are coming to the pastor. Somebody's business is not doing well, is coming to the pastor. Somebody is sick, even though the pastor is not a doctor, they are coming to the pastor. Everything about their life. And if you are a pastor, you want to do well, you must study a lot, read a lot. Almost every time I'm taking up a course, I just enrolled to take up a course on negotiation. Some of the topics, even if I mention, it doesn't make sense to you. Last year, during the lockdown, I took up a course in finance. Can you imagine me doing a course in finance? Yeah, I do. I took up a course in finance. Last year, I took up a course in philosophy online. I learn a lot. I read one book a week. I have over a thousand books in my library. Pastoral work is not for lazy people, the way some of you treat pastors. I don't work 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. I work 24-7. I have an office in my house, and the day you see me not reading the whole week, I must be sick. One day I was telling my daughter, I have not read the whole of this week. She said, Maybe you are sick. Yeah, she asked her. She said, Maybe you are sick. It's a difficult job. And just as the doctor is important for your health, just as the lawyer is important for your freedom, just as the mechanic is important. For your car to be, to be good all the time. The pastor is important for your life. And until you see that way, you will run into problems. Your spiritual life will have problems. Your spiritual life will always have problems. In the book of Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Jesus said, Prophets have honor, except in their country, except among their relatives. Even Jesus, when he went to Nazareth in his own hometown, he was treated bad and he was not happy. look at the next verse. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he lay hands on a sick few people and healed them. Jesus, son of God, got to a place with the same anointing and power on his life, but he couldn't work any miracle. Because they dishonored him, so your pastor can be a blessing to your life to the extent that you honor him. And there are people in my life, I've been in ministry since my 23rd year. there are people in my ministry have greatly blessed them. There are people also my ministry has not done anything in their life. Nothing. And the problem is not that I am not anointed. The problem is their hearts. And I want to say something: if you dishonor your pastor, you lose. He doesn't lose anything. What would I lose? Listen. What would I lose if you disrespect me now? What would I lose? I lose nothing. Because the day God called me, I did not know any of you. I did not know any of you. The success of my ministry is not contingent upon what you think about me. It is just that God's own will and way has made you and I to meet. And probably has a purpose for it. That's why you are here today. And you may think God is stupid, but he's wise enough to know you need me to get to where you are going. And everybody who understands this principle, life becomes easy. I've seen people blessed and I'm not surprised. Why should I be? Why should I be? In my lifetime as a pastor, I've seen people blessed. Members of my church. Some of them not members of my church. But by the relationship. And I'm not surprised. It just shows me the word of God is real. May the Lord bless you and lift you up. I said, may the Lord bless you and lift you up. In the name of Jesus. Anything that makes you see your pastor as your enemy is a demon. Is a demon. The Holy Spirit will never, ever make you see your pastor as a demon. Turn to anybody and tell him, honor your pastor. Now, let me explain this scripture, Jesus said. You know, one of the reasons why people dishonor men of God, according to Jesus, is what? Familiarity. 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 If you read the book of Luke chapter 4, Jesus spoke about it again. Luke chapter 4, verse 24. Then he said, Actually, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Familiarity. Verse 25. But I tell you, truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Zidon a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. This scripture means many poor people can be in this church forever. And somebody else will come from outside and prosper through my ministry. Lepers were in Israel, never healed. A Syrian Naaman, came. Elisha said, go and Dive into the river Jordan seven times. You'll be healed. And and he got healed. Many widows were in Israel. God sent Elijah to Zarephath. Do you know, Sidon is not a Jewish community. Sidon is the same city that Jezebel came from. It is not a Jewish community. It's a city that was given to Baal worship. But God told Elijah, I have prepared a, a widow to take care of you. And this widow was not a Jew. Why would God send Elijah to that widow honor? honor, And look at the way the widow behaved. Elijah said to her, cook for me first. Then your home will have abundance. And she did it. How do you honor your pastor? Number one, obey his instructions. Obey your pastor's instructions. Last Sunday I said it. If you tell your child, this thing is not good, don't do it. And he keep doing it. You say he's, he or she is disrespectful. So if you are in church and everything you do, Is contrary to my instructions. You are in dishonor. Maybe you may may have better reasons to disobey my instruction. It is still dishonor. Number two, respect him. Respect your pastor. Number three, receive him as your spiritual father. Your pastor is not your colleague. Your pastor is not your colleague. By virtue of the calling, God has put honor on him and put him in a, a strategic place of blessing over your life. This is how Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. Matthew 10, 41. He said, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. What does that mean? You receive a man of God because he is a man of God. Not because he's perfect or handsome or educated or older than you. Even if you are here, you are older than me, I occupy a place of spiritual authority higher than where you are. And don't you ever deceive yourself. Whoever receives a prophet in the name of a prophet, it means this person is a man of God that God has set over me. You see, God can give you something and you refuse to receive it. And there are many people in every church like that, including Life Gates. Receive your pastor as a spiritual father, even if you are older than me here. Never call me your son because I'm not. In some churches, old people call their pastors my child. Ignorance. Shall receive the prophet's reward. What is the prophet's reward? The prophet's reward is different from God's reward. If you honor God, there is a reward you get. If you honor a man of God, there is a reward you get. If you rebel towards a man of God, there is a reward you don't get. Yeah, this is how... 2 Corinthians 20 verse 20 said it. He said, believe in the Lord your God, you will be established. Believe also his prophets, you shall prosper. Any believer born again, spirit-filled, who is not prospering for a long time, most of the time, you can trace it to his relationship with his pastor. He shall receive the prophet's reward. Let me show you an example of a prophet's reward in 2 Kings 2 verse 9. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, look at the statement, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? What did Elijah say to Elisha? Ask me anything that I can do for you. That is the prophet's reward. Elijah could have said, ask what you want God to do for you, and I will pray for you. You know, when you come to Miracle Service, I said, what you want God to do for you, write it. That is one level of blessing. There's another level of blessing where a man of God can look at you and say, because you have honored me over the years, from my heart, I am blessing you. And sometimes your pastor doesn't need to say it. You can see his reaction towards you and know, this man has blessed me from his heart. Ask one thing that I can do for you. I Elijah said, me, I have, I have the power to do certain things for you, Elisha. I can change your life. I can move your life forward. By the anointing on my life, ask for one thing that I can do for you. And Elisha said, I've been looking for this. I've been waiting for this. I want a double portion of anointing. Elijah said, you have asked a very hard thing. But when you are here and I'm gone, you have it. And did did he get it or not? He got it. That anointing that Elisha walked in, Elijah gave it to him. It was not God that gave it to him. It was Elijah that gave it to him. And God endorsed it because God respects principle. Oh, yeah. One day, my brother came to me and said, the past two months, every meeting I go, even those who are not prophets, they'll call me and pray for me against death, death. And he said, every time I sleep, I see coffins, I see this, I see that. So he was so scared. And then another prophet, I said, he should bring money and come for fasting and this thing. So I told him, you know what? I want you to go back home and don't send any money to that prophet and don't go anywhere. You are going to live. I told him, I said, look me right in the face. You will not die because I have said it. I told him, I said, everything you did for me, you took care of me. When I was in secondary school, you looked after me. You did everything for me. If you die, I'll throw away my Bible. I said, the first thing, I'll do it for you. You go home. Don't go and see any prophet. You see, there are things you are struggling with that I should take care of it for you. I told somebody last year, I said, Don't pray about your marriage again. Leave it to me. I'll handle it. I said, Your marriage, don't pray about it again. Don't worry about it again. Leave it to me. I'll take care of it. You know, every man of God prays at two levels one from the mouth, the other from the heart. The one from the mouth is duty. When I'm praying, I pray for all of you, it's my duty. As long as you are a member here, I can never refuse to pray for you. I pray every day for every member of the church, everything. But there's another one we pray from the heart. And that one, you cannot do it to people who are cynical, who are treacherous, who are fighting you. They're making the work of God difficult for you. They treat you like you are a criminal. You are the most unfortunate thing that ever happened to them. You cannot do that. This work is not an easy work. It's difficult. Hallelujah. Let's read uh, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive to them. For they watch over your soul. The pastor is the watchman over your soul. He said, as those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief. You see, when you cause me to do this work with pain, you will not get away from the consequences. Pain will never leave your life. If you are the cause of pain in my heart, Pain will never leave your life. This morning, I decided to be very sincere to people. I'm not threatening you. I'm not using the word to manipulate or coerce you. I just want to be very sincere to you. For that will be unprofitable for you. It will not benefit you when you make this work difficult. Let's finish up with how to honor, receive him as a spiritual father. Number four, never speak evil of him. Never speak evil of your pastor. Your pastor is human. Let me say this. I've never spoken evil of Dr. Otabo before. Not once since I gave my life to Christ. I respect him too much to do that. I've never spoken evil of my pastor, Reverend Eric Hegemeku, not once. Sat somewhere with people. I will never do it. If you see your pastor doing something that is not good, what do you do? Go to him and talk to him about it. And people are liking this church because they do that for me they talk to me all the time. Talk to your pastor. I have served my pastor for four years as the assistant pastor. Never quarreled, had misunderstanding with him. Misbehaved towards him to the point that he was angry with me. Not once! And there are people here that were in the church. They are, my witness is Josh who was the same church with me. I served him for four years. And I saw things. I saw things I didn't like. And I always knocked at my pastor's door and I said, Pastor, if you are less busy, I want to, I want to talk with you. And he said, Come. And then I sit down. Most respectful way, I'll tell him, that this thing, I thought thought it is not a very good thing. And most of the times, my pastor will explain to me things that I'll never understand if I'm not going to talk to him. Things that I thought was wrong. After he's finished speaking, I realized I was wrong. It's easy to be a commentator over a football match. But when you enter, score the goal is tough. And most commentators are here already, they've never played football before, including yourself. Never speak evil of your pastor. Number four, never spread false rumors about your pastor. Sometimes I wonder to myself, even to a lot of good things are happening this year, they never talk about it. They wait for something bad to happen. It's as if they are praying for it and waiting. And sometimes after years, people get to find out some of the things they were saying wasn't true. But why did you not verify before you spread it? Number six, never expose. Your pastor's mistakes in public. Number seven, do not allow people to speak evil of your pastor in your presence. You know, my problem in this church with some people is that they don't talk evil of me, but people are always speaking evil of me in your presence. And I wonder why it should be so. That's my problem with some of you. People come to your homes to speak evil of me. People come to your offices to speak evil of me. And you don't verify or you don't hear my side of the story. And I know, I hear them. That's my only problem with some people in this church. That you say you you honor somebody, but people can come and sit in your... You see, you know, when you allow that, you know what people do? They carry the curse and dump it at your doorstep. So you didn't participate, but you're an accomplice. The fact that you entertain the conversation and you listen to it, you might not have said anything. Why did you allow it? Nobody speaks evil of my pastor in my presence. I will react to it. You see my face once, you will know this conversation should not continue. Do not associate with people who rebel against your pastor. You know, there is a way you indirectly endorse rebellion. I have noticed something. Everywhere I've pastored, there are people who are very good to me, but everybody who is fighting me is their friend. I have come to believe that if you hate my pastor, you cannot be my friend. I don't even help people who hate my pastor. Listen, it is not good to even help somebody who rebels against your pastor. Whether you feed them, you are endorsing rebellion. You don't associate with people who you know they treat your pastor bad. You don't do that and turn back and say you honor. No, 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 no. It's, it, is not, it is wrong. It's the same with your parents. If somebody hates your parents, you can never show him honor. If you do that, you are endorsing the person's actions. If somebody doesn't respect your spouse, you can't, you can't treat the person as your friend. It is as if you are endorsing the person's reactions. The last one is give to your pastor. Some pastors don't like to preach the Bible preach it. You don't give to your pastor because he needs it. You give to your pastor because it is an honor. Honor is not complete without giving. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and understanding to everyone. I pray that this year you will guide us in the practice of honor in this church. I bind and rebuke the spirit of rebellion in the name of Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.